Hello everyone. Hi, my name's Louise and I'm part of the CBC leadership team here. And it's a real pleasure to be speaking to you today because this is the last time I'm going to be doing this as one of your ministers in training. And I just wanted to take this moment to thank the church. Thank you for your calling and affirmation on my ministry. Thank you for giving me so many opportunities to learn. And thank you for your encouragement and for cheering me on my way. Thank you so much. And what a great message to be given to finish with. Today I'm going to continue with our series on discovering God's roadmap for our lives. And I'm going to focus on one word. I'm going to focus on the word direction. So we're going to be thinking about how God directs us and also how we can respond to this direction. This is a key part of Christian discipleship. It's a process that forms us and draws us forward until we reach our eternal home with God. And it's a process that takes a lifetime. As I look back over the last few years of training, I can see how God has directed me. And now at this stage in my life, I'm turning to God again for more direction. What next is my question. What next, Lord? And I expect I'm not the only one pondering on this question. Many of us are taking time to reevaluate our lives in the light of COVID and all that's happened to us over the last year or two. And as a church, we're trying to discern what next. Where is God wanting to take us? So it's a very relevant thing to think about, thinking about a roadmap for life. We're usually motivated to use maps, aren't we? Because we want to find our way. Roadmaps can orientate us. They can help us turn in the right direction. Um, and they also direct us forward towards a chosen destination. If we use them well, they can save us time. They can save us energy. They can even um, take us and save our lives. They can take us in the right direction. And this idea um, of God's roadmap for our lives, it taps into a real um, deep sense of meaning and value because it helps us understand that God has a purpose and direction for each one of us. A purpose for you and a purpose for me. Jesus modelled this himself. He had a clear calling to do the will of his father. And it was a calling that would lead him up to Jerusalem and finally to the cross. And then we see this in Paul too, don't we? As we follow his early church journeys, we get a strong sense of him following a direction from God. In fact, throughout the Bible, we discover that God is a God of mission, on a mission to rescue people. And he uses his people to bring about his purposes. We're supposed to be a people with direction. We're supposed to be a people that are on the move. So a few questions to get us started. Do you believe that God has a direction for your life? And what's the direction that God is calling us towards at this moment in our church? To think about these things a little bit more, we're going to turn to the book of Numbers. We're jumping in to the middle of the story of the Israelites 
and their exodus out of Egypt. They've left slavery behind and they're now travelling across the desert towards a promise that God has given them that they're going to have their own land. There are people on the move and they're trying to work out this reality of following God's direction. As we read the story through, we find, don't we, that it's not always an easy journey and it's one that uncovers weaknesses and it also reveals strengths to them. In this harsh desert environment, they encounter God in a new way. And in fact, it's not just about a direction of travel, about moving through geography, although that's part of the story, isn't it? It's also about an internal journey that would form and develop them spiritually and as a community. So let's join them now in Numbers 9, and we're going to be reading from 15 to 23. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law, was set up, the cloud covered it from evening till morning. The cloud of the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's law in accordance with his command through Moses. As I listened to that story, it took me back to my interview at Spurgeon's College five years ago. And it was my first experience of using a sat-nav. I don't know if you can remember that. And I found that an, um, an exercise of huge trust as I tried to find my way to college. I got a tight schedule, I had to get there and it was a important interview and it was gonna affect the rest of my life. And then all of a sudden I realized that I was trusting my future to this little black box at the front of the car. And at points I got quite nervous as it took me down some very small London streets. But we turned a corner and, and there before us was the college and it was such a sense of relief. I'd had to really put a lot of trust into that sat nav. But the passage we just heard makes this experience seem quite insignificant. The Israelites, they were on a journey that they'd already got, got involved in for two years, um, but it was going to last for 40. And there was a requirement every day to trust that God would take them in the right direction. When they're in the camp, 
They had to be fully aware of what was happening over the tabernacle, that beautiful tent that God had instructed them to build, the tent of meeting, the place where he was present. And the instructions were clear. Don't move on until the cloud lifts above the tab tabernacle. But when you're on the move um, with the clouds ahead of you, when it stops, you need to settle. This was a huge national trust exercise and it required a large amount of faith and it involved letting go of control. It involved the people being obedient and it involved them stepping out in faith together on a daily basis. And this story reveals two fundamental elements that I believe need to be present for this process of direction to happen. And this is the first one, the active presence of God. Did you notice how God was present with them throughout the experience? He didn't issue a command from afar. He didn't stand apart or at distance from them. His presence was right with them in the middle of their camp, in the middle of their experience. The Lord was in the pillar of the cloud by day and in the fire at night. It was a visible, tangible presence of God. The people were accompanied by God. And the story also tells us about the tabernacle. It's a word that means dwelling place. God dwelt with them in the middle of their community. He was present with them as he directed them. And this is a, a key thing to understand about God's roadmap for us because God's presence and his direction came out of relationship. The Israelites and God, their lives were intertwined and um, he was present with them. And this truth about God is repeated throughout scripture. John's gospel tells us how Jesus, the word, became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We've seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, John tells us. Some translations use that word for dwelling as tabernacled and the idea of Jesus tabernacling with us. And then later in John, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and he uses this, this analogy of dwelling again. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Again, this word dwelling, this idea of dwelling place is used. And this is the point that I'm trying to make, that God is present with us too. He was present with his people in the tabernacle and this experience of direction and through the desert. And we come face to face with God through Jesus and we have his presence with us now by his Holy Spirit. It's God's will to direct us and he doesn't leave us alone to do this. It's a direction that comes out of our experience of his presence with us. This should bring us huge assurance as we try to work out the direction that God is calling us to. God is not an absent father. He cares, he loves us, and he knows what is good for us, and he is working out his purposes for our good 
and for the future that he is calling us to. So that's the first thing to notice, the active presence of God in this process of direction. But the second element is about the people themselves. To be directed, they needed to have a willingness to be led. And the Satnav speaks to us about this again, because it can tell us again and again to turn right and to turn left. But we're never going to get to our destination unless we actually take the steps to follow that information. In fact, the opposite is going to happen. If we ignore the direction, we can just end up driving round in circles forever. And for the Israelites to move in the right direction, they needed to pack up their tents and they needed to move. Imagine packing up your tent and then that amazing tabernacle as well. That's no mean feat for a whole nation on the move. We're packing up our house at the moment and our house is um, full of boxes. You can probably see that our study is quite empty at the moment. And I've got huge respect for the Israelites at this point in their history as they try and follow God's direction. There's a real amount of effort and energy that needs to go um, into this. And as we follow the story, we get this real sense of them giving themselves fully over to what God has for them. The God directs us, but there's a requirement um, from us to trust him and to be obedient to follow, even if that takes us into unknown territories. And our part in this is that we need to look to him. And once we've worked out the direction he's calling us, then we need to follow. It just seems so simple, doesn't it? But in practice, it's hard uh, because it means that we need to set aside our own agendas and our own wants, even our own needs to put God first. And this was the point of the story um, that the Israelites, they struggled with so much. As we um, follow the story through Exodus um, and through Numbers, we realise that there was points when they rebelled against this. They complained, they argued amongst themselves and they even turned their attention away from God to other gods. This lack of trust, this lack of single-mindedness to follow uh, where God was calling them, it had consequences. And a journey in the desert that should have taken several months, in the end, it took them 40 years. One commentator wrote, writing about this as I was doing some research for this sermon, um, said perceptively that it took 40 hours to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel, for them to be transformed from a, a group of slaves into a formed nation and um, a nation that followed God, it took them a long time. You see, this calling, this direction, it wasn't just about the physical journey. It was also about a journey of faith and a journey of formation for them as a whole people. So how do we work out the direction? Well, guidance is a, is a huge topic and lots of books have been written about it and lots of sermons preached. So I'm not going to attempt to go into a lot of detail about this. But just a few brief observations from this passage um, that might help us today. 
And I think it's all to do with the heart. The Israelites needed hearts that were willing to listen and hearts that were willing to follow. Attentive, attentiveness to God had to become a priority. They had to be aware of what God was doing every day, listening and looking for his direction. And this is the same process for us, for us today. We need to give space to God, to seek God through prayer and reading the scriptures. We need to do this alone and we need to do this corporately as we seek direction. And then we need to use our common sense. We need to use our discussions um, as we listen and talk to one another. We need to be open to the gifts amongst us of our church family, of those who teach, who prophesy, who discern and who lead, asking for the Holy Spirit to move amongst us, to bring clarity and direction. Two weeks ago, I was preaching to my new congregation at Sea Green Baptist Church, and we too are following a series on Exodus. And I was speaking on God delivering the Israelites um, from the Egyptians, that moment when they walked through the sea as it parted. And this is what God said to them as they face, as they turn the wrath um, towards the Egyptian army. They've got the Egyptians coming towards them and they're trapped by the sea um, behind them. And in Exodus 14, God says to them, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you and you need only to be still. So it was from this position of stillness and attentiveness to God that the Israelites together, they stepped out. They stepped out in faith into the seabed as the waters parted. They stepped out in faith as they broke camp and they moved a nation further into the desert. They didn't know what lay ahead. They worked hard at trusting and sometimes they failed in a big way. But eventually the nation arrived in the promised land. So as I finish up now, I think that this passage shows us that God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit has a roadmap for his people. He doesn't leave us to discover this alone. He is present amongst us. But we also need to do our part. We need to be a people who are attentive to him. We need to be a people who are willing to be led. And we need to be a people who are ready to step out in faith where he may lead us. So may God bless us all in the weeks and months and years ahead as we seek to follow his direction. Amen.